Lord. Hey, Tim. Um, yes, sir. I have two words of encouragement for you before oh, we start. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Please. First share. word is don't. <laughs> the sec- can I guess the second one? Yes. Does it start with an S? Yes. Uh, second letter U? Yes. And then a C and a K? Yes. Do not suck. No, that don't it- suck. Right. Oh, oh the, yeah, the, yeah, the contraction don't form. Yeah. Don't suck. That's my encouragement to you. All right. Thank you. I need that encouragement every day. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Schaefer, and every week we are here with Pastor Matt Brown, who gives us real answers to tough questions from the Bible. And joining us on the show again while Justin Pardee is out is our good friend, Tim. Tim Hawley. Yeah. Your name is still the same. It is. It didn't change. I tried to say it with the same inflection as Stephanie, so it would sound new and exciting, but it's still the same. I miss quinoa already. Uh, Keeny. She's here in all of our hearts. Keeny in a bottle. Keen on that. Oh, dude. (laughs) There's so many. Yeah. This is just a whole new realm for you to try new things. Mm -hmm. And you Mm. dropped the name Dolores, which makes us all mad. Yeah. If she ever drives us around, we can call her the Schaefer. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. We'll try. Yeah, Yeah, you're trying, dude. You're trying. Oh, well... Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We are so glad we are here to answer your tough questions from the Bible. We've got a ton of really great follow-up questions from our last few episodes. And then this episode, we're doing a little special focus on all things titled, Is This Okay? Mm. You guys have been sitting on a bunch of questions asking, is this okay? And so we're going to go through those in just a minute. But before we do that, we've got some business to cover. First and foremost, I want to say thank you. We have had so, so, so many people sign up to volunteer with wow. us. We've got some really cool stuff coming in May. So if you attend Sandals Church, you're going to see the whole result of what we've been working on. But I've had so many people sign up to volunteer. They've gotten right back to me. Yeah. I threw a little note in there of like, hey, I need some help with this too. And I've like been blown away by the responses. So, so I'm good. so, so, so thankful for our whole debrief community and how you guys have really rallied to come alongside us. So we're going to do awesome. some really cool stuff. And we're really excited for that. And uh, we are still looking for your best of topics. We've got some episodes coming this summer. They're going to be all best ofs from the debrief because we want to help people get to know us on the show. Here's some of the greatest things that we've covered. So if there are topics that you've heard us talk about that you think people need to hear too, please send those into us. You can send those in on the website at debrief.show and just uh, click the send a question button. Or you can send those to us on Facebook by sending us a message there. However you get them to us, we want to know about them. And for everybody who is sending in a best of topics, we will get you a free debrief mug. Mm. So send those in however you want. We're really excited to put those episodes together and share some of our favorite moments with everybody. So with that, we're going to go ahead and dive on in with some follow-up questions. First one is anonymous. Uh, In your last show, you mentioned how marrying a divorced person is a sin. I'm divorced. My ex decided after years of marriage that he no longer wanted to be married. So he filed for divorce. After my divorce, I became a Christian. Does this mean that I cannot remarry? Because if I do, I would be committing adultery and the person who marries me would be also. Yeah, great question. And so and just just understand, you know, what the point I was trying to make is the seriousness of the issue of divorce. The reality is we're all sinners. I felt like I said that. We're all sinners. Mm-hmm. We all fall short of the glory of God. My issue is that You know, oftentimes we talk about issues like homosexuality in the church, but we don't address the issue of divorce. And my point was, you can't unwind what God has made one. And that is the challenge. And it's, it's just a very, very difficult process. Jesus spoke very clearly and very harshly about the issue. However, there are situations where things happen that are out of our control. And when spouses leave, those things leave. Mm. You know, technically, according to Jesus, you, you know, you would not be an adulterer in that case if what she's saying is the truth. Mm. I'm assuming that it is the truth. So um, you can't marry a woman 
um, who was guilty of adultery. That is, she cheated on her husband because then that makes you an adulterer. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, unfortunately, adultery uh, in the time and day and age of Jesus was really only something a woman could do or a man could do with a married woman. And so, it was culturally acceptable, not biblically acceptable, but it was culturally acceptable for a man to have sex outside of the context of marriage, but it was not acceptable for a woman to do so. It's double standard. That's just the way the culture was. The biblical mandate is that the man and the woman be faithful to each other in the context of marriage. That was not a social culture or culturally practiced. So Jesus is talking to the cultural present. And so the, the issue in most cases is not... Um, you know, women cheating, it's men. However, we do see in John chapter eight, there is a woman who is caught in the act of adultery. And the challenge with that is if she, the only way she can be uh, guilty of adultery means that she's married. And so the challenge there is where's the guy? Because the guy is not thrown in front of Jesus and he's not being judged. And so he is guilty uh, really according to uh, Jewish law of the greater offense because he has been intimate and had sex with another man's wife. And so the whole thing's kangaroo court. And, and, and really the point was to trap Jesus, not to actually espound justice. So here's what I would say is go to God and ask for forgiveness. Um, I, I do think that um, there is a difference between uh, the things that happened before we came to Christ and the things that happened after. And I certainly think that, you know, you know, we don't need to rehash every single sin that we've ever committed, right? When we, we confess that God's dealt with that and we move forward. Um, however, just again, in worship, acknowledge the blood of Jesus Christ. It covers our sins. And that's why it breaks my heart every single weekend when we have to motivate you guys to sing and we have to motivate you guys to worship. You should be motivated mm. because you're all sinners and, and we all deserve judgment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here it is. The reason we talk about, well, is this a sin or is that a sin? Because we don't understand the Bible. We are sinners. We we don't commit sin. We that's it's in us, right? It's it's who I am. It's what I do. I do it every single day, all day, and thank God by the grace of Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for me on the cross and His perfect life, I am forgiven from that. So all I was trying to say is, guys, we need to take divorce seriously. It's a serious issue, and we enter into relationships, man. I follow people on our church on Instagram, and just the other day, I'm looking at Instagram. I'm like, who's this dude with? He goes to our church. It's not his wife. He's, I'm like, what is this? Mm. And and literally in our culture, there's no consequence whatsoever. And you need to understand you cannot live your life as a Christian according to American culture and American social norms. You have to live your life according to what the Bible says, because you're not going to stand before the U.S. Supreme Court on Judgment Day. You're going to stand before Jesus Christ and he holds court and his ruling will be final. And that's the problem is we think we get to decide morality Um and we and we don't. I feel like you're going to hit the bell. It's making me nervous. You were nervous. No, I, I, I was, I was, I was like, gonna oh, let oh you my finish. Gosh. Well, I was like, I almost got, I almost got to ring the bell, but I didn't. It was oh, almost no. great. Yeah, I oh. didn't want to ruin the moment there. But. Yeah, you're rolling. You're so, rolling. so, 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 you know, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm here to help you be real. And, and, and the reality right. is, sorry, um, thank you. I, the reality is, we are all sinners, and you need to deal with that. And so, when we ask questions like, "Is this a sin?" the answer is usually yes. Hmm. It's usually yes, because sin is not evil. It can be evil. Sin is falling short of the glory of God, according to Romans 3.23. So what sin is, is missing perfection. Mm -hmm. So instead of asking, is this a sin? Ask this question, is this morally perfect? Mm. And if the answer is no, then it's a sin. That's a great question. So don't ask, am I sinning? Ask, am I being, am I currently being morally perfect? Which if I'm asking that question... I'm probably, probably not. not. <laughs> you know, I mean, Stephanie's closer than all of us. She but, is. 
Well, yeah. do, though. Yeah. But you might fly a little too close to the sun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> those wings of wax will melt. Mm. That's not in the Bible. No. That's Greek mythology. <laughs> okay. it's very, very different. Yeah, everybody's like, commonly confused yeah. wow. yeah. as the same thing. Yeah. Very different. So, okay. So, listen, I love divorced people. I love you guys. Understand it's a sin. Mm-hmm. That's why we need Jesus. Yeah. It is a sin. Married people, do everything that you possibly can to stay married. Work it out. It, you know, if I thought divorce was an option, I'd, I'd be married like 18 times. Because, you know, things things are difficult and, and, and things, you know, we have, we have to work through things. So can you guys hear that? What is that? Yeah. Just the... Maybe angels are singing. Exactly. I don't know what that is. The music resounding of yeah. opportunity. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go and move on to our next question from Jonathan, because he met, said that in your message a few weeks ago, you stated something to the effect that we should only follow Jesus and not follow you. Right. But twice in first, first Corinthians, Paul says to imitate him. Shouldn't we as followers of Jesus strive to reach a level of maturity in Christ where we could say to others, follow me because I follow Christ? Yeah, a- absolutely. So uh, the apostle Paul is not preaching to the church in Corinth in a celebrity culture. I am preaching to a celebrity driven culture where we idolize and we worship religious figures. So the apostle Paul is really having to advocate for his own leadership and his own credentials Mm. because the Corinthians are not following him and are not listening to him. So he has to say, look guys, I am worthy of following because I'm following Jesus. So here's where I think people stop following Jesus because they followed a person and they, that person fails morally, that person falls apart. And the point I was making is, is if Sandals Church is about Matt Brown, we're doomed. Mm-hmm. Sandals Church is about Jesus Christ. So yeah, to, to your point, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay, so to that point, follow Matt Brown as Matt Brown follows Christ. Mm-hmm. But if Matt Brown falls, if Matt Brown fails, keep following Christ. Find a new leader that's following Christ. Don't lose your faith because some religious leader turns into an idiot or you find out they've done something stupid. Mm-hmm. Many people become disenfranchised with the church because of leadership. Focus on Jesus and trust Jesus. And so I am currently focused on Jesus. I, you know, I'm not failing in any major moral capacity. So yes, to that extent, you can follow me as I follow Jesus. But if, God forbid, I fall or I fail, keep following Jesus. And that's the point that I was trying to make. And uh, forgive me for not being a perfect communicator, but that's what I was trying to make. So great question. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I've I've seen you do that. And I think we've seen our leaders do that consistently is say, I'm following Jesus. Yeah. That's the only thing that's good about me. That's why um you should you should do what I do is because I'm I'm seeking to do what he's doing. Right. And that's that's really awesome. It's love love seeing that. Cheyenne sends a question in, says, in the last episode you mentioned confessing your sins so they wouldn't be confronted on judgment day. Who exactly do you need to tell your sins to to allow them to be acknowledged and truly forgiven by God? Right, James five seventeen. confess your sins one to another. So the only category, according to James, that God cares about is that they're a Christian. So don't go confess into a bar. Don't go confess to a Muslim or a Hindu. You need to confess to a brother or sister in Christ. Um, so that's who, who you need to do that. So I would say that it needs to be a solid Christian leader because um, sometimes when you confess, there's some steps that you need to take. So for example, um, you know, sometimes guys have confessed something to me and I say, okay, we need to tell your wife or mm. we, we, need, we, we need to make this right. Or, we, or there's some steps that we need to take because confession 
is rooted in repentance. And repentance is turning away from and turning to something. Mm. It's, it's Repentance is multi-directional. So I'm turning away from what I did wrong and I'm turning towards what I need to do right. And this is what a lot of Christians don't understand is that the act of repentance, which is manifested first in confession, will then create a desire to change things. And so like whenever I hear about, you know, maybe a Christian or something that's done something terrible to me, but now they're on fire for Jesus, I'm like, probably not because you got all these bodies back here that you've destroyed and you've worked and you, you need to go back and fix mm-hmm. this before you run forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, really important. And so, so you need to confess to a Christian. Now you don't, you know, you don't need to confess to everybody. You don't need to tell everybody everything. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had my buddy, Mark Driscoll, um, on the show and, you know, I got nasty tweets. I think you did too, Steph, you know, about people who, you know, every single person that Mark's ever, you know, taught, which were thousands, right? Right. They feel like they get their day in court. And it's like, okay, that's not reasonable. The guy's confessed. He's worked through some issues. He's dealt with those issues to the best of his ability, but you know, he can't, he can't personally sit down with thousands of people and Mm -hmm. walk through that. The guy's repentant. He's paid the price. He's learned, um, I, I think in an excruciating manner, um, you know, how to deal with, how he relates to people, how he runs a church and those things. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate the guy, but some people want him to specifically, you know, um, you know, in their manner say, okay, n- now I agree that you've actually, re- you're actually repented. And so we got to be careful. So uh, we got to make sure that we don't sit in the seat of God. So that that's what I would say about that is find a, uh, this is why you need to be in community group. You need to be with a leader that mm. knows you, loves you, cares for you, is shepherding you and can give you good advice, good yeah. biblical advice. We all need good advice. Um, man, if you, if you if you want to not be an idiot in life, get good advice. Mm. The, the book of Proverbs says, get the truth at any price. You need that. A wise person seeks wisdom. Okay, wisdom is gained through the knowledge of others. We need that. So find people that can speak into your life and help you with that. So get in community, get a community group leader that's an actual shepherd. Mm. You know, don't follow someone that's a bigger moron than you are, right? Because <laughs> not all of our not all of our small group leaders mm. uh, may be going to heaven at Sandals Church. I mean, right? That's just that's just the truth. So you got to find somebody um, who's serious about God's word, who wants to shepherd you and care for you. Yeah. Um, and and the primary shepherds in our church are our small groups, our small group leaders are shepherding, caring. They know your story, they know your life. If things get a little out of control there, you know, it's just think of your small group leader like your your general doctor at the hospital. You go mm-hmm. to them, but if they don't know, they send you to a specialist. And so, yeah. if your small group leader needs help, they send you to uh, a minister at our church, soul care director, or if need be a pastor. But yeah. you know, not every answer needs uh, 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 needs to be uh, not every question needs to be answered by a pastor. There's a lot of things that can be answered by good, loving, Bible believing people that are very, very wise. Um, you know, I think both of you would fall into that category. You got your people that are very, very, very wise that have uh, learned some lessons, have grown in your faith. And most people, um, you could help. So, and there's some, some instances where I'm like, man, I don't know, you need some help. You need to go find somebody to mm-hmm. help you walk through that process. And so, um, so one another is the passage, mm-hmm. one another. So um, if you're Catholic, right, don't go to a box and confess to, you know, uh, metal mesh confess to a person. It doesn't need to be a priest. The Bible says we are all priests. We are all priests because of the righteousness of Christ. We're all holy because of Christ's holiness. So um, we, we can confess our sins one to another so that we will be whole and healed. That's James five seventeen. Mm-hmm. one of the most important verses in the doctrine and the belief of Sandals Church. This key to our theology, confess our sins one to another so that we may be whole and healed. Great question. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think even, you know, I love that you point out the the two components of confession. I'm I'm stating what I did, but then I'm also repenting. I know in my life, I feel like I missed that for so long. Mm -hmm. I would tell people what I've done. I would confess the sin Mm -hmm. and then not turn away and keep doing it. And so it never, I I didn't experience that healing. I didn't experience the momentum of becoming more of a follower of Jesus Mm -hmm. because there wasn't that effort to to repent and really turn away. So Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, so repentance is is, is a two directional movement. It's away from and towards something. Mm -hmm. So away from my sin and towards God. So, so just remember that repentance is, is multi-directional. So it's yeah. awesome. All right. This next question comes in, comes in from Whitney and she says, last week you talked about traditional churches needing to change if it's not working or they will die out. My boyfriend's family has grown up in a small Filipino church that's been around for over 100 years, but it seems their rules have not budged since the start. They don't believe in the Trinity or celebrate Christmas or Easter because it says nothing about it in the Bible. How should I explain our reasons for believing and celebrating these things? Or is it an unimportant conflict and an unnecessary conversation to address? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming that what you're saying is true. So they don't believe in Christmas or Easter. Okay. So I don't, I don't know what that means. Christ was they born. they don't celebrate Christmas okay, and okay, Easter. Okay. And they don't believe in Because Christ was born and he did die. Mm. And those events are marked on Christmas and Easter. Whether, whether they're correct, you know, with their date or not, doesn't matter. He was born and he did die. Um, they don't believe in the Trinity because it's not in the Bible. Yes, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And this is what every Jehovah Witness will um, point out to you which, you know, a lot of Christians freak out. Well, the reason as Christians, we use the word Trinity, it's to describe the unique relationship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, all authority has been given unto me, go therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Second Corinthians, I think it's 13, 14 or 14, 13, I can't remember, says this, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So there are verses where we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit moving. We know that there's only one God. So John 3, 16, for God, that's the Father so loved the world that he sent his Son, that's Jesus, to die for the world that they might be saved. So we're saved by faith in Jesus And then we have the Holy Spirit that resides in us, that empowers us, that moves amongst us. The Holy Spirit is the one who uh, impregnated Mary, right? The Holy Spirit was uh, the activating part of God in creation. Uh, Genesis 1-2, the Holy Spirit was hovering above the darkness of the earth, right? Mm. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1, Christ created all things. All things were created through Him. So we have the Holy Spirit creating, we have the the Father creating, we have uh, the Spirit creating, right? but we have one God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say there are three gods. So there's one God who exists in three persons. So what does that mean? We worship a relational God. So Christianity is a movement of God where we experience relational healing with him, each other, and ourselves through Jesus Christ. That's what Christianity is. And that's what Jehovah Witnesses don't understand. Some people would say this, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And that's so true but nobody knows how to go beyond that. Mm. Why is it about a relationship? Because God is relational. So First um, John says this, um, if you don't have love, then you don't know God for God is love. Mm. So John mm. wrote that in First John. And what is he trying, how can God be love? Love is a relational quality. So love is something that experience. So like we use it inappropriately all the time. Like I love food. You cannot love food. You can really enjoy food, but you cannot love food because Love by itself is something that must be given and taken. It requires two parties. So for God to be love 
and to be alone, it's, 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 it's an oxymoron. It, it can't be true. It's, it's not, you're, so God is one and yet is three. That's how he's love. The father loves the son. The son loves the father, the spirit, right? They all love each other and they all exist in one God. We don't know how that works, um, right? You know, and, and if you understand everything about God, then you don't know anything about God because God is massive. So, so for this Filipino church to deny the Trinity, I hate to say this, they're not a Christian church. They're not. Mm-hmm. So don't try to change them, run from them. It's backwards, it's weird, it's bizarre. Um, look, I, I can't explain the Trinity, but to deny it is heresy. You are not a Christian. We worship Jesus Christ. Thomas, doubting Thomas says, my Lord and my God mm-hmm. after he is resurrected. And Jesus does not correct him. So John is making that point. Jesus is God. Mm. Um, so some Christians, it's called oneness Pentecostal, oneness movement. They believe that there's one God who sometimes appears as the Father, sometimes appears as the Son, and sometimes appears as the Holy Spirit. That's called modalism, and it was condemned about 1,600 years ago as heresy because mm. the Father's not the Son, the Son is not the Father, the Father's not the Spirit. They are distinct persons within the Godhead. So um, look, I, I realize I just went varsity on theology, <laughs> and some of you guys are like crashing your cars right now. My apologies. That, that's the reality. We worship a very, very complex God. Look, you're complex. Mm-hmm. I don't understand everything about myself. How am I going to understand everything about God? Right. So uh, this Filipino movement um, has some cultic-like qualities, and uh, I, you know, I would not worship there. And mm. um, I, man, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even affiliate with them. I, you know, for me, I'm very, very broad in terms of my beliefs. People that deny the deity of Jesus, and if they deny the Trinity, they deny the deity of Jesus. And that's what makes us Christians. We worship Jesus. Jehovah Witnesses do not worship Jesus. They believe that he's a created being. They believe that he's an angel. I believe that that's heresy. That is not truth, okay? Uh, Vice versa, Mormons say Jesus is one of many of God's children's. No, Mm -mm. children's, children. Yeah, sorry. Um, He is God's only son. There Mm -hmm. is no other. There is no one in all of creation like God. God. And so on the one hand, Jehovah Witnesses minimize um, Jesus because they say he's not God. Mormons minimize Jesus because they say he's one of many gods. He's, you know, and, and, and so both of those guys are wrong on one side or the other. Christianity has said that Jesus Christ is unique. Mm-hmm. He's the one and only, and he is God. And that's what we believe. And so there are great, great passages. We could actually do a whole debrief just yeah. on mm. on the deity of Jesus Christ, and you can walk through that. And I think that yeah. the evidence is overwhelming and compelling. Um, you actually did a really great talk on that. I think sometime last year, I'll pull it up and I'll put it in our show notes for this episode, but you did a really great talk just when we were going in Luke and Acts, all about the deity of Jesus. Mm. And I think you went pretty in depth in the Trinity okay, yeah. too. So we'll link to yeah. that in the show notes at debrief.show slash 64. And we'll have a link to that episode in there because you did a really great job breaking yeah. that down. Yes. I think when we were going through Luke. Yeah, so two great chapters to look at really, really quickly would be Hebrews chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole point there that the author of Hebrews is making is Jesus Christ is no prophet. He is no um, angel. He is the one to be worshiped. And mm-hmm. so it's Hebrews chapter one is Jesus is God. And then there's Colossians chapter one, that Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. He, he actually created us, that everything is created by him, for him, and is sustained through him. I don't know how to, you don't think that that means he's God, right? Because he's the one who holds all things Mm -hmm. together. That's Jesus. I mean, it's, it's pretty profound and pretty, pretty amazing. And so we, we worship him in that manner and in that way. So Mm. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like when you go varsity with theology. That's good. 
You can only be JV for so long. Sometimes yeah. you got to <laughs> step up. I wasn't always good enough to play varsity. Yeah, Sat me, on the bench neither. for a long time. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're going to move on into our Is This Okay section of the show Whoa. for this week. Mm. We've gotten a bunch of questions in from folks who have asked all kinds of topics and basically said, like, is this okay? Can we do this? Are Christians allowed to? Is this a sin? Um, so we're going to start off with a question from Esther. Esther says, my I love friend, that name, by the it's way. It's great, yeah. For such a time as this, mm. Esther, bam. Beautiful. My friend who used to be a believer says that I should read the banned books of the Bible, especially <laughs> the book of Thomas and the book of Enoch. Mm. Why were they omitted from the Bible in the first place? Yeah. So first of all, the book of Thomas, I, I think was not found until like the 1940s. So nobody knew that it was around. It was found uh, in Egypt. I think some of it was been found uh, perhaps in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not a manuscript scholar, so I would need to look that up to, to um, say if that's correct or not. Mm. But the Gospel of Thomas is just one of these weird things. It's really not a book. It's like a list of sayings. Um, so it's just sayings that maybe Jesus said, maybe he didn't say. So here's the problem with the book of Thomas. It says, I, okay, I believe it's been a while. It says nothing about the resurrection. It says nothing about his death. It says nothing about his deity. It's just like sayings. So mm. it's like, like what Buddha did, you know? So sayings of a religious teacher. So, um, you know, Buddha's a really, really sharp guy, but, but he didn't die for everybody's sins and he didn't rise from the dead and he's not the savior of the world. So the book of Thomas is not helpful in that. It is quoted in Jude. Um, chapter one, verse 14 and 15, I believe. Um, so there is a mention, oh, actually that's Enoch, the book of Enoch, that was her second question. So that is mentioned there. So um, there is some understanding that if you don't know who Enoch was, he's a guy mentioned in Genesis pre the flood. And uh, this book is attributed to him. And so basically the book of Enoch um, was not included in uh, when the Jews got together and said, these are our scriptures. And so Christians basically, right, just trusted what the Jews said. So when mm -hmm. all the Jews got together and they said, these are our books, these, this is our guide. Christians just went, okay, we're going to accept that. And so it was the Jews who ultimately rejected uh, the book of Enoch uh, in that way and in that manner. And so here, here's what I would say is, you know, have you read the Bible? Have you read the mm -hmm. canonized books? Mm -hmm. If you haven't, why would you read things that are not canonized and <laughs> were not considered scripture? So start with, start with the Bible that, you know, consensus has said, these are the books that we all agree on. And mm -hmm. so a lot of people have confusion about how the Bible came about. And so you know, I, I, hear, I hear a lot of stupid things all the time. And so people say, well, these guys just decided that these were all the books that were in. Well, that's not the case. When the councils got together, and you have to think about this, they lived in a world where communication was nil. There wasn't internet, there weren't phones. And so they, they literally got together. So what is the Western church? And that's weird for us because it's really Eastern, but the Roman church, mm -hmm. what, what manuscripts are the Roman churches using as scripture? What manuscripts are the Syrians using as scripture? A lot of people don't realize this, but Syria and Turkey were the center of Christianity for a thousand years. Even Turks and Syrians don't realize that. It's the center of Christianity for a thousand years. So what, 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 what are the Syrians using for scripture? What are, uh, you know, the area of Palestine, which would have been called Southern Syria at the time, what are the Southern Syrians using? You know, Jerusalem, what, what do they consider scripture? Then we have Egypt. What do the Egyptians use? And when they got together and they looked at what everybody was using and they all met in Constantinople, um, which was the capital of Christianity for a thousand years, you know, the new Roman empire, they realized that almost all of them were using the same books. And so really what happened for us as Christians is, right, um, were you an eyewitness of Jesus Christ? Um, so, you know, so the apostle Paul's included in that, you know, Matthew's included in that, Mark is included in that. Um, he writes Peter's sermons, Luke, uh, he's a historian who goes back with Paul 
and, and figures out and interviews eyewitnesses. And then we have John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so those are automatically included. And so um, eyewitness accounts. And then you have some things that maybe we don't understand who wrote, like we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but that was included. Um, we, you know, we have James, who is the half brother of Jesus. That's included. And that's where our scriptures uh, come from. And so I just would say, why would you take advice from somebody who used to be a Christian? So what, what, here, here's what um, non-Christians use like the book of Thomas for. So it doesn't say anything about his deity. So we made that up later. The problem is Thomas, the book of Thomas is dated later. The gospels are dated within the first century. Mm. So the epistles of Paul, um, if you don't know what that word, a word sorry, it's one of our again, the letters of Paul, the <laughs> books yeah, of you. Paul. So uh, what are the books of Paul? Corinthians, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, um, first and second Thessalonians, you know, first and second Timothy, uh, Titus, those books, man, those books are dated by some scholars like AD 54. So we're talking 19 to 25 years after the death of Christ. And then you have the books of Thomas and these other books that potentially are dated hundreds of years later, and we don't know what they are. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't used throughout, um, uh, throughout the kingdom of Christ. It, it just wasn't. So it was found in Egypt. I think it was written in uh, Coptic language. The book of Enoch was written, I believe, in Aramaic. Maybe it's like Daniel, some Aramaic, some Hebrew. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but, you know, I mean, Jews were very, very literate and they wrote a lot. So, um, and some of it's poetry. And some of what we have in the Bible is poetry. Um, Job is poetry, but it was included. So Enoch was not included. Um, so we have books like, I think this question is from Esther. Mm -hmm. uh, the word God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, mm. but it's True. included. So, um, you know, and Esther is a fantastic story about um, the, the attempted eradication of the Jewish people from the face of the earth, like mm. the first Holocaust, the first major attempted Holocaust. And Esther saves the day mm -hmm. um, and uh, literally allows the Jews to live because this really, really ugly, angry guy wanted to kill him because he was racist. Story. Yeah, Amazing story. incredible story. So um, so just just trust that, man. You know, th there's always these weird critics, but usually they have an agenda. Um, I, you know, um, I, I've read all that stuff. You know, it's, so th there's some wisdom there, sure. So let me say this, Esther, after you've read the Bible through three times and studied every book, go at it. Go at it. So, but most Christians haven't even read the Bible. So, yeah, yeah. start with that. Yeah. yeah, it's a good start. All right. This next set, set of questions comes in from Connie, Erica, and Kim. And they all kind of have questions on the same topic of kind of the supernatural kind of things that we see in culture. So Connie's question is, uh, is seeking a help from a hypnotist biblical? Whoa. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, um, yeah, my question would be what for, you know? So um, my father-in-law... Um, who, who was in heaven now, he died uh, of cancer uh, 15 years ago. He went to a hypnotist. This was before he was a Christian to overcome his addiction to alcohol. And he mm. said it helped. So in that instance, um, you know, I, I, I might, you know, hesitantly say, yeah, that's okay. But I think it's a dangerous thing, surrendering yourself unconscious to the trust of someone else. Mm. I just think that's a, that's a very, very dangerous thing. I mean, you know, think about like when you have surgery and they put you under, right? Like you want a, a team of medical professionals there. You want it to be present, you know? I mean, can you sue a hypnotist? I don't know. Um, so th 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 that whole thing, I mean, coming under the control and power of someone else to me is demonic. And mm -hmm. so I, I just would say, I would steer clear of that. I would not participate in that. However, I do have to acknowledge that it has helped some people that I know um, you know, with issues of addiction, with issues of uh, being unable to sleep, 
and some other um, issues where going into the subconscious has helped them live in the conscious world. So, right, um, it, it just, it just, it all depends on the hypnotist, right? What is their theology? What is their background? Be very, very careful when you submit yourself to the unbridled control of another person, right? That mm. That is the definition of cult. Mm-hmm. So um, don't do that, you know, which is what I was trying to say earlier when I say, you know, don't follow me, follow Jesus, right? Jesus, I can trust all the time. I trust him with everything um, because he gave up everything for me. He is, He's earned that. He's mm. proven that. People... You know, uh, be be very very careful with people that can manipulate you and turn you into a chicken at a show. You know, I'm just like, okay, that's that's, that's, that's weird. weird. And, and and this is what I would say: most of that stuff is fake, but not all of it is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Every now and then, you catch a real rabbit. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Be very very careful. Um, you know, a lot of the demonic, a lot of the occult stuff is just stupid weirdo people. Sometimes it's the devil, and I've seen it a couple of times in my life, and it's very very scary. Um, you know, great book uh, by M. Scott Peck, People of the Lie, wrote in 1980s. He's dead now. He's with the Lord. But he became a Christian because he was a psychologist. Uh, actually, he was a psychiatrist, and he worked for the United States Army. And he was investigating war crimes that American soldiers committed in the Vietnam War. Uh, because there were things that happened where American soldiers went nuts and just killed people. Babies, kids, girls, whatever. Like, they just went nuts. And these are like normal, everyday, like good old boys from, you know, Oklahoma. And they <laughs> slaughtered these villages. And so he was trying to understand... How did that happen? How do you take good people? And anyways, through that process, he began to discover a thing he calls evil. And ultimately, uh, he encountered the demonic. Mm. And then he became a Christian. Wow. So great books. He wrote The Road Less Traveled, People of the Lie. Um, fantastic, fantastic books. Nobody talks about him anymore because we're always wrapped up in the present and we think we're so much smarter, but he's a fantastic author in the 1980s, mm. one of my favorite authors. So oh, great, awesome. great book, The Road yeah. Less Traveled and People of the Lie, two fantastic books. So. Yeah, we'll include the links to those in the show notes too. Okay. So er, staying on the same topic, Erica asks, what about TV show mediums who claim to be gifted by God? Yeah, okay, so most of that is manipulation. So, uh, and that's what's just so sad. So, so I think that deep inside every human being or most human beings, we want to be led. We, we know that we should be led. Um, that's why we have leaders and governments and we anoint kings and queens. There's just something inside us that feels like we need to be led. What is that? Well, that's a good thing. God has placed that inside the heart of every single human being um, that that we want to be led. Now, some people choose to be led by themselves. Uh, others look to other people. And so I, I just think people are so desperate. And, and here's what I would say. this th- What this means is the church is falling woefully short of leading people to a spiritual connection and, a, and, 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 and God who is spirit, according to John chapter four. And um, here's what I would say about uh, these mediums is they tell you what you wanna hear. They manipulate you, they use you. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it's a trained gift and, um, and they know it well. They know how to read faces, ask questions, ask leading questions. It's a very, very manipulative art. Mm. And most of it is horribly fake, mm. like I said. Every now and then you run into the real thing and be very, very careful. So Mm. demons know things. They know things. I have seen very, very good people, some people that I love very, very much, who I believe have been manipulated for years by things beyond the curtain of the reality that we see. There's a curtain there and we can't see all things. The apostle Paul says, we see things now in a dimly lit mirror. Mm. We don't know what's on the other side. We just know this, things on the other side affect things here. Things here don't affect things there. So the spiritual kingdom affects our physical reality, but our our reality does not affect that kingdom. So 
we got to be very, very careful what we allow from that side of the curtain into our life. And that's why the Bible unanimously condemns that. Mm-hmm. Necromancy, talking to the spirits of the dead, you know, uh, seeking witchcraft, see, seeking people that try to go across that curtain on their own power or their own giftedness. We have to trust Jesus because he came from that side of the curtain to our reality and said, follow me, trust me, I am good. And he proved that with his behavior, lifestyle, mm-hmm. miracles, wonders, and everything. And he's, we're trusting him to get us across that barrier. Um, sometimes the Bible calls it a great chasm. Uh, I think in Job, it's called the moving river. Uh, the Hebrew in Job is really, really hard to understand. And I'm really grateful I never had to translate that in my Amen. classes. Uh, but I think if I remember correctly, uh, Job calls it the moving river of death or something. It's just really, mm-hmm. the, the, the Hebrew is really, really old in that book. And it's, um, yeah, even the Jews, when you read the book of Job, I think the Septuagint translation has like 460 less words because they didn't know how to like, translate. Eh, They're know. just like, nah. Well, Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> so, so, and now modern scholars, right, are translating that, and Jews a thousand years ago are like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so we have to be, we have to be really, really careful uh, in that. And so, I, you know, I would just say, well, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Get in Bible study. Do something positive with your life. Matter of fact, why are you watching TV anyways? You know what TV is saying is my life is so boring. I have to watch fake lives of other people. Get out and get a real life. Do something. Ooh. You know, do something. Our, our culture is so lame. You know, it's, it's like, go go enjoy your life. You're going to be dead soon. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, I always joke with my wife, the moment she dies, the TV's gone. You know, well, I don't want to watch someone else's life. I want to live my life. You know, I, I want to go out and, and, and enjoy things and experience things, you know. Um, I didn't watch CSI New Orleans this, this last weekend. I was there. You went. I was there, baby. You were living it. That's right. Oh man, it was good. I was on the Mississippi River. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I watched the sunset. I mean, experience life. Life yeah. is to be lived. It's a gift from God. We went. We talked about, you know, uh, what are we going to be held accountable for on Judgment Day? What about all the time you spent wasting mm. watching fake people? So, right, the, the Bible, Jesus says this, be done with hypocrisy. Mm. So that Greek word, we translate in English, not hypocrite. We translate it actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we spend all what did you do with your life I watched hypocrites every day all mm. day nope. I watched them fake it okay live your life so <laughs> so yeah I mean if you have enough time to watch mediums on TV mm-hmm. man come serve at the church we have a place for you <laughs> amen you know I mean if you need entertainment work in work in kids ministry change a poopy diaper that's man Very that is drama <laughs> if, you, if you need drama in your life teach a three year old okay oh man all right, I'm going to round this out with one more question. Kim also asks that a couple of her family members um, periodically go and have an older woman read their life through a deck of playing cards instead of tarot cards. Mm-mm. This woman claims to be a Christian and claims it's okay because she's not using tarot cards. Yeah, Thoughts? this woman's a liar. Okay. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, uh, come on, man. What, what, what is the deal? I mean, right, we listen to the Spirit of God. We trust the Spirit of God. You know, is this woman in church? What church does she go to? Is her pastor aware that she is reading people's lives by card? Let's talk about this. So I shuffle a deck Mm-mm. and then I lay out these cards and these cards tell you about your life. Who the heck is moving the cards? There's one of two choices. This woman is a fraud mm-hmm. or there's a demon flipping cards that's telling you what it wants you to know. And, and so, you know, John 10, 10 says this. Jesus says that there are two influences in the world. So John 10, 10, he says, the devil has come to steal and destroy. 
He says, I have come to give you life into the fullest. So there, there, there are two major influences that are trying to influence our life. There's the devil that wants to steal our life, destroy our life, and ruin our life. And there's Jesus that wants to set us free. So um, Tammy says it this way. Tammy's my wife. She says, the enemy came to steal. Jesus came to get you to be real. Mm. So John 10, 10. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Tammy Brown. That was yeah. not me. So, that's a tweet of for Tammy. Yeah. So yeah, this, this woman, this woman is a cultic leader. She is, so, so, so what is Thomas? Thomas was written, I believe, by women like this mm. who want to mislead people and want to give you a bunch of cute sayings and direct your life and manipulate your life, but they don't want you to deal. So why, why, do, why, do, why do people want us to read the book of Thomas and not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John deal with sin, deal with reality, deal with death, deal with the brutal res- the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the resurrection and the hope that we only have in him. Thomas doesn't deal with that. So let's read that because it's cute. Right, put that next to soup for the soul, next to your pooper, mm, right? Mm. It's gonna be encouraging. The problem is, you know, if we want if we want to heal, we gotta get real, right? James yeah, 5, 17. And so, yeah, this this woman, man, bring her to sandals and we will wrestle uh, in the lobby. Seriously, this, this is disgusting. This is ridiculous. This is how ignorant we are as Christians. Yeah. I mean, this is this is completely um man, I I was reading um uh, there's a great denomination in our nation. They're called Quakers. And I got a couple of friends that are still in the denomination. Pray for them because they got nuts. And somebody gave me the magazine. And so if you don't know what the Quakers are, they're a major denomination, a major spiritual movement in our culture. And, 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 and the front cover of their quarterly magazine is written by a woman who practices Wicca. And this is what the article in the magazine says. Mm. She says, I find it really, really hard to merge my Wicca faith with my faith in Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Y- y- yes, because they, they don't go together. Yeah. One is the practice of, of witchcraft, which the Bible condemns, and the other is repentance of sin and following. I'm just like, who? what the heck happened? Yeah. The Quakers have gone nuts. Mm. You know, you made too much money from oatmeal, and now you guys are smoking crack. Hey. What happened, right? <laughs> so, guys, this is why, please, for the love of God, you're going to hear me this in our next series, Beyond Happy. I'm going to challenge you to do three things. Come to church. Come to stinking church. Next, get in a group and talk about how to live this out in your life. And then listen to the debrief so we can go a little bit deeper because this is why our culture isn't happy because we're pursuing happiness. And so the series is called Beyond Happy. We're going to study, um, what book are we studying? I'm so passionate I can't think. The book of Philippians. Gosh, stinking tarot card Christian, dude. Um. Oh, geez. I'm like, seriously, I'm ready to like wrestle. You're ready for no, a, a you were varsity tense. wrestling oh, match. Yeah. Sorry. It, it, this, just makes, this just makes me mad. This makes me mad. So That's come cool. to church, get in a group yeah. and, and listen to the debrief. And, and I promise you, if you follow Jesus, you will be a happier person. Yeah. You will be. And, and, and the world has gone nuts, gone nuts. And so, you know, what, what, what possibly could happen from somebody flipping cards Mm-mm. over? Nothing good. Yeah. Nothing good. Man, it's just, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that this woman is using people, that this woman is deceived herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, come on. Car- card reading is demonic. It, it, it is. We trust and follow Jesus, not some person flipping cards, not some person, you know, reading your hands. I'll tell you this. So we were in New Orleans last week, and New Orleans is a beautiful city. It's an evil city. Mm-hmm. There's evil there. My wife and I walked in one or two stores where I literally felt like we walked in the navel of hell. I'm like, what is this? My wife ran out. And I was just like, I was trying to be cool. I was like, okay, I'm going to turn. My wife was like, I'm gone. I mean, it's just like, 
what is this, man? And it's because a, a lot of New Orleans is a cultish. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then you had your weird Christian preachers screaming on the street, repent. And I'm just like, oh, that's effective. Yep. Hey, I got a ministry suggestion Ooh. for the Christians of Louisiana. Let's hear this. Ooh. Have a bathroom in the name of Jesus. Hey. Have a free, clean bathroom in the name of Jesus. Amen. Part of the reason that city stinks so bad is there's no bathrooms. I thought I was going to die multiple times. <laughs> Because apparently French people in the 18th century did not pee. Nope. Or actually they did. And that's where the word piss comes from, pissoir, oh. which is the French word for a wall that you would walk behind and dig a piece. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. wow. sounds much fancier yeah. than the and actual yeah. thing. Yeah. Only the French that. can say you, piss. You and it clean sounds, that up really Yeah, it nice sounds word. like elegant, pissoir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So, Thanks yeah, for so, that real but, answer to But apparently the they did not have toilets. Oh my gosh. I literally, Tammy and I were walking and I couldn't even talk to her. I could yeah. not, I, I'm like, I'm, my eyeballs yeah, are floating. Total focus. I am going to die. Just zoned in. Keep it together. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, you want right. Christian ministry to reach the lost? Build a bathroom for Jesus. Amen. All right. Dear city of New you Orleans. Dear city of New Orleans. An open letter to the yes. city of New Orleans. Yes. By Pastor Matt Brown. All right, Tim, you want to... Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I just wow. Hold on, I just need to take a breath. Maybe I drink too much coffee, man. This is this is so helpful for me. I think I've had so many friends who, especially these all these supernatural movies come out and all mm-hmm. this demonic stuff. We're, we're being entertained mm-hmm. by things that are very real, yes. that have a very close grip on people's lives yeah. and, and going and just kind of enjoying it, right? Mm-hmm. And I just always, this is good language to take into those conversations, I think, and just say, look, mm-hmm. this is real. Many people around the rest of the world, this is a day-to-day battle, the demonic, the spiritual. There, there's mm-hmm. oppression. Yeah. And to not just trivialize it and make it funny and be mm-hmm. entertained by it. This yeah. is, a, I think it's a really good challenge. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. especially like as Christians too, like be like Tammy, like when you sense something's not okay, like get out, get out of there. Abort, like, you abort. don't have to say like, ah, is yeah. this okay? Should I be okay with this? Like, no, if you, like if you've got the spirit of God and you feel like that's not okay, get out. Better run. So. But she left me in the store. Well. Well. Nope. <laughs> What, what, what? Thank, thank God she's not the man. Listen, because I'm dead. Women and children first. So yeah, she yeah clearly. A very, a very she was just trying to help you yeah. out and just get herself out of there. Super yeah. Titanic mentality. Yeah. Oh, she dude. was like, I'm she out. she left Lifeboat. Leonardo DiCaprio. On that. <laughs> <laughs> she left. She left. I was dead, man. She, she is gone. There's no room on this door. I think Leo, that's her really no trusting your strength and your ability to protect yourself. Yeah. Mm. Well, I thought it was like a costume shop. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, oh, it's cool, you know, because everybody wears like costumes there. Sure. We walked in. I was like, we did. We're in the naval of hell. No. It was the navel of hell. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not a, what I want. That's to say. the title of your second book, yeah, the, uh, navel, the of navel of hell. Of hell. Yeah. A yeah. trip through New Orleans. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears. Uh, so Johnny writes in. Uh, he says, "You've mentioned many times that our children need godly fathers and mothers at home. That we should not put less pursuit of emphasis on non-biblical extracurricular activities or climbing the hierarchy at work." Where do we draw the line? Last year, we made the decision for my wife to be a stay-at-home mom, leaving me to be the sole provider. The pressure of being the sole provider gave me a different perspective of my job. I realized it was time for me to do more with my career, so I began stepping up with my company, and I am now being asked to take on more roles, which has led to discussions about the future promotions and advancements, all of which has resulted in longer days and less time with family. I enjoy what I do and I'm able to provide for my family, but I worry that the time away is a problem now and will become greater the longer this carries on. Is my desire to pursue a better career to provide for my family the wrong decision? Sounds like it is. I mean, if, if what he, I mean, sounds like this guy's really, really self-reflective and just know, I mean, this affects me, right? So if you make less money, you ties less money. So the church has less money. So, mm. so I want you to hear me very clearly. What I'm telling you to do actually affects me negatively. Mm. Because if you don't have margin, you can't give to ministry. So, so that's the reality. 
So I'm actually, so I want you to weigh that with what I'm saying. I'm actually saying you should make less money so that you can give less money to the church so you can have more time with your family because your kids don't need more, more, more money. They, they need more of you. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality. And, and let me just say this, as, as a dad who has two daughters who've moved out, uh, you know, and has a son that we have four years left, it goes by fast. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a very, very driven person. Um, you know, there's a reason that Sandals Church is as big as it is. Um, but I would take a smaller church any day over more time with my kids. And it breaks, it breaks my heart. And, and good time. You know, so much of our time, right, taking them to practice and sitting there watching them is not good time. Do things with your mm. kids. Don't put them in Little League. You know, go take them fishing. Take them to the beach. Do things where you're getting time with the person, not where you're dropping them off with another adult. You know, dance is not time with your kids. Dance with your kids. You know, we had uh, my kids through a surprise birthday party uh, for my wife on Sunday night. And we just danced together. It was uh, one of some of our best friends. And l- literally, we just danced. Lights on, everybody dancing. You know, we had little party hats on. So it was the family of four or family of five. So it was nine, nine of us. Mm. We were clubbing. <laughs> Boom. And, every, and you know what, my kids, you know, it was so fun watching them mm. because they weren't pressured. There wasn't anybody else there. We were all having a good time. We're all dancing. Nobody's drunk. Nobody's puking. There's a restroom in the house if you need to go, big right? Priority. Yeah, and we just danced and we we just had a great time. And, you know, um, I, I love that. And, and I, I love that. And so, you know, here's what I learned as a father. Um, early on, I tried to make my kids do what I like to do. I, I had to shift uh, because right as a parent, we all learn. And I just start doing what they like to do. Now you got to push them because kids today are lazy. So they're super lazy and super self-entertained and... Um, you know, just recently we've gotten rid of my son's video games. There's no cell phone, right? Mm. Those things are done. And I just told him they're done. We're done with that wow. because those things inhibit relationship. My wife and I were out at this fancy restaurant and I, I kid you not, it was so sad. This is, I'm going on a little tangent here. My wife kept saying, they haven't talked to each other. They haven't talked to each other. And I'm like, what are you, cause I was starving. I was so hungry. <laughs> and uh, she, I, I said, what are you talking about? And she says, look at that couple. And I, I looked at this couple next to us. So here we are at a super fancy restaurant. This couple never talked to each other. They stared at their phones the entire evening. Wow. Mm. And then when they were done, they never talked, but they asked the waiter to take a picture of them so that they could post about the amazing dinner that they just had when they left. They never said, from, from the time that I started watching, cause I'm sure. not nearly as nosy as Tammy apparently. Wow. So from the time I started watching and she had noticed they are not, he, when I was looking at it, he didn't even look at his date. Mm. She was all done up. She looked beautiful. You know, mm. um, uh, so this black girl had it going on. She had this like, bright purple lipstick on. It was fantastic. I was like, wow, I never would have put that together, but it looked great. She looked great. And uh, he never even looked at her. And I just thought, man, I would want to fight a dude that treated my daughter that way. It was just mm. so sad. And then they're going to take a picture to commemorate the moment they didn't have. Yeah. So, so listen to me, moms, put down the Instagram and actually go have fun. Don't worry about the photo. Worry about the fun. Have fun with your kids. Mm. Have time. Do fun stuff, man. Um, you know, my wife teases me because I watch cartoons because my kids like them. So I watch them <laughs> because I want to do whatever, you know, they want to do. And my girls used to be in this show called Cat Dog. It's the dumbest show I ever, <laughs> I ever, I think the front part of the yeah, thing was, was a cat and the back cat, was a dog. dog yeah. 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 Cat dog. Cat dog. Uh, what is there to understand? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's pretty clear. I mean, so my wife would like make fun. I'm like, they like it. They cat, cat dog. dog. I, I played with uh, Polly, 
Pockets? Yes. Oh, yes. Dude, Polly po- po- Pockets. I oh, played for those all the time childhood. with my girls because they, hopefully you weren't playing with Polly Pockets. Well, I had a sister. Okay, okay. We oh, had to, we had that to makes, make some compromise. so much sense. Makes, the, dude, that makes sense, sense man. Yeah. You need counseling. I, Maybe some tarot card reading. Something yeah. to help you. So, so okay, listen. Here, listen to me, guys. You don't need to own a home. Like everybody, mm. I'm looking at you, Stephanie. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to own a home. Yeah. How about this? How about you rent an apartment or you rent a house and you fix your monthly costs. Um, because here, guess what? So my, my wife and I have a rental property. Guess what happens when something breaks? The renter doesn't pay for it. I do. You do. Mm-hmm. So the renter only has to come up with the rent every mm-hmm. month. Great. That's it. So just rent, don't buy, and enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, this idea that we have to own everything, have it, it's just mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I used to want to own a, a, a property in Hawaii, and now I'm like, man, I'll just Airbnb it and let somebody else worry about that. <laughs> Because when the toilet's plugged, I gotta call somebody. I don't want to be, you know, fishing that out. Nope. You know, so so what I would say is, this guy, thank you for being so honest. Your kids don't need you to make more money; they need you to spend time with them, invest in them, pour into them, mm-hmm. spend time together. You know, take fun trips. You know, my my family. I grew up very very poor. Um, you know, we didn't take vacations in my early childhood. I think we started taking them maybe um, when I was in I don't know second or third grade and we went camping for two weeks and my dad was a pastor and the state parks this is going to shock people the state parks in california used to allow ministers to stay for free and preach a message yes at state parks on sundays wow so my dad got to camp for free for two weeks and he would do a little message a little 20 minute message for campers think about how much our society has changed since i was a kid wow yeah and we did that we, that's we that's what we did that's right in the dirt for two weeks same place and you know what i loved it mm-hmm. I, and I, I i absolutely loved it and my brother and i self-entertained there was a homeless guy that lived on the thing back then they didn't call him homeless they called him i forget what he was called vagrants no that was negative oh i guess yeah. that was kind of negative yeah no 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 like um what do you call a person that just like disappears into the wilderness like a drifter Oh, that's negative too. A ghost? I don't yeah. know what word. Anyways, um, it was this Russian guy that got off a ship. Cowboy. Nobody knows what happened. He went up into the... Yeah. What are they called? They used to be called something. Um, oh, anyways, yeah. I'll, I'll remember the next debrief, but we would go try to find him. He lived in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy. That, nope, not at all. That was the Very 80s safe. though, you know? It's like, yeah, what, what could possibly yeah. go wrong? Go find that old drunk guy that lives out in the woods. Enjoy, yeah. kids. You guys hung out with him. He seems to have good. it together. Yeah. A hermit. A hermit. He was called a hermit. Oh. I feel like hermits like store away, like in their house. That's why it was hard to find. <laughs> okay. So my brother and I, uh, seriously, you can look this up. We went to Henny Woods. It's, it's a state park. I think it's a state park. I don't yeah. know if we have state parks anymore because well, we're so broke. We are. Um, but uh, we would go there and this guy lived in the woods. The, the, huh. the, they allowed him to live there and he was just some Russian guy and uh, he liked cheese and cigarettes. So we would find cigarettes and try and give them to him. Yeah. Do you remember what his name was? Hermit? Dimitri. No. no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I did with my childhood. I want to hear more about your yeah. summers. Go, play, like go, so go play with a crackhead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, dude. It was the 80s, man. It was a very different time. Very, <laughs> very different. All right. Great. Speaking of cheese and cigarettes, this Ooh, last well, question comes in yes. from Becky. Thank hey. you, Becky. Enjoy the cheese and put down the cigarette. <laughs> put them down. All right. So she says, where should we be drawing a line when it comes to things like drugs and alcohol? Some Christians are fine with drinking alcohol or smoking marijuana, and some think both or either are sinful. Where is there a line to be drawn with dealing with both of these things? Yeah. Dealing, by the way. Dealing. Nice. With yes. both of these things. Yes. Let's yeah. not miss that. Yeah. So, okay. Here, here's the thing. So I, I am uh, okay with alcohol. I am not okay with marijuana. And here's why. 
or any drug that automatically intoxicates you. Hmm. You know, like you can't say I smoke a little crack, I shoot a little heroin, like, right? It's a bad country oh. song. Yeah. Noted. Okay. Yeah. So um, I can enjoy a glass of wine. Um, I, I don't, I don't drink hard, hard liquor. I just don't, uh, because I love myself, you know, like I was at a party and everybody's <laughs> drinking bourbon and I took a sip and, I, and they're like, you don't like it. I said, no, I love myself. That's why I, I think bourbon is for people who hate themselves. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. Right. Seriously, man, just drink gasoline, <laughs> just, just put gasoline in your throat and yep. it's the same yep. thing. So, um, so here, here's the thing is, is when I begin to feel the effects of wine and I drink wine, I stop drinking. I do. Because I want my wits with me. Um, I, I want to not be an idiot. Mm. And, you know, I want to let my family be safe. Um, so so I, I can do that. I can enjoy wine and and have the effects of it relaxing me. The thing with marijuana is, right, it fades you, whatever word that you want. It has, marijuana is a my, mind-altering drug. So everybody's, everybody's trying to say, well, it's the least of all. Okay, yeah, yes, but it affects your brain. Like it's literally hijacking your brain. And mm. so a lot of people in our church smoke marijuana because they have anxiety. Why not deal with your anxiety? The Bible says, cast all your cares upon God because he cares for you. So here's the thing, quit numbing your pain and your fear, deal with it. Deal with it. And you know, you you might might need to be on some some Xanax or something for a while, but you know, again, this series beyond happy, we're going to deal with this. You've got to deal with your issues. Yeah. And, and the reason, you know, many people are drug addicts and alcoholics, it's because they can't deal with the stress of life. You know, read, uh, what, what's the uh, the famous AA prayer? Help me to forget the things, oh, not uh, forget, forget. Accept the things that I can't, can't change, change, change things I can. Yeah, so that's a, a prayer written by, I think his name was Reinhold Niebuhr. And actually the entire prayer is beautiful. Mm. It's absolutely beautiful. And what he talks about in the prayer is to accept life as it is and to try to have as much happiness in a broken world as possible. And and that's and that's the prayer. And so part of the, the reason that you know people have to be drunk and stoned all the time is because they think that you should you, you, that life should be this perpetual continual external happiness, this feeling of mm-hmm. joy. And so what we're going to talk about in my sermon series is is the word think about the word emotion. What's the second word in that word? Motion. Motion. It changes. Right? And so everybody wants it to be summer all the time. Nobody wants to experience fall. Nobody wants to experience winter. And if you don't have those things, you don't get spring. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening in when people have to have fun all the time and they can't embrace the difficulties of winter and the hardships, we don't learn how to cope and we struggle. And that's one of the things you got to learn with your kids. You got to teach your kids how to struggle. Let them embrace the struggle yeah. because adulthood is hard. Um, my daughter was in mountain biking in high school and she wanted to quit. And I said, no, you're going to, uh, you're going to work through it. And she said, why? And you know, there's different per- parental philosophies on what you got to do. And she said, why do you want me to stay in it? She said, I hate it. It's hard. I said, life will be hard and you will hate some things, but you got to get through it. Mm. And so I made her stay in it. I let her quit the second year, but the first year, you know, you, you got to do it because I said, I want to prepare you for life. Yeah. Life is not easy. And I think that's the thing that, you know, as Americans, we just don't get, like we all think, you know, everybody should have a car, have a house, have free healthcare. It all it should all be free. Well, somebody's got to work for that. Somebody's got to do that. Somebody's got to pay for that. And, and we got a generation that just thinks, no, I, I should get it all because life, nothing should ever require work. Yeah. Well, the only reason we have a country is because people died to build this thing, died yeah. horrific, awful deaths. 
You know, like you, you left St. Louis to come to California. You were married to a different woman and had three new kids. You know, I mean, right. Life was there. You ate people in Northern California, the Donner part, they ate each other. I mean, that's what built this country. And, you know, I think we focus on the sins of America, but we don't focus enough on the struggle. Mm -hmm. It was really, really hard and really, really difficult. Um, You know, the average person in the West died at 32. Think about that. How old are you? Uh, 31. Yeah, Almost you're dead I'm next thinking year. about that. You're dead next Enjoy year. Enjoy your last yeah. year. Yeah. What are you? 29. 29, yeah, you got a couple years left, yeah. right? So so the, the world was difficult. So um, so here, here's what I would say is, I, I some churches are absolutely no alcohol. Um, you know, I grew up Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist, you know, they, they, they don't believe in that at all. Okay, that's fine. They're wrong. Jesus created wine. Jesus hey. did not smoke pot. Nope. He did not smoke pot. He, he did produce wine. Um, the Lord's Supper was wine. People that say it wasn't wine are literally smoking something and it ain't Jesus. So nope. Jesus. Um, so I think it's important. And part of the problem is one of the things that's such a turnoff to Christianity is if, if, if we can't have any fun, why would they, why would they want to follow Jesus? You know, and so many religious people, their lives are just like, mm. you know, so I think we need to learn to have fun. Marijuana is a different beast. Um, I think it affects, you know, at Sandals, you, you can drink if you smoke pot and I find out about it uh, with some exceptions. For example, if you're dying from cancer, you have some horrific disease. Yeah, you know, I'm for medical marijuana, absolutely. But because, you know, you, you, you're stressed out because you work at Best Buy. <laughs> okay, no, sorry, buddy. I don't, I don't think that works in somebody right now. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry, Best Buy. Get off the wheat, you know? Um, so, so that's what I would say, you know, and some Christians say it's okay. What Christians, you know, what, what, what major pastor or teacher has come out and said, I'm pro pot, you know, I, 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 I don't know about them Mm-mm. because it affects your mind and God wants you to use your mind. And just know this, the Greek word for witchcraft is pharmakia, which is where we get our English word pharmacy. So what is witchcraft rooted in? It is rooted in an experiential spirituality that occurs through drugs. Mm. That's witchcraft. Yeah. We don't connect with God through drugs. We connect with God through Jesus. And that's what we need to do. And so we need to be able to step up and stand up. And so, you know, um, when I've had anxiety and I'm a person that struggles with anxiety, I'm a person that, you know, I can be up and down. I can be a little manic. Um, you know, people are always like, how are you, how come you're so funny? You know, when you're on stage, it's because you didn't see me crying the hour before when I was in the back. Yeah, that's my personality. You know, I'm up and I'm down. That's that's who I am. That's how God made me. And I got to embrace that. So what I have to do is I have to, to, in order to experience the joy of life, I have to embrace the pain of life. You you have to. Um, that was good. And you guys hey. missed it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, no, Go ahead. Sorry, so, I was just taking it in. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I just... What do you call this? I, the tweet a bell. I just tweet a bell myself. I think that's okay. You did yeah. So okay. Yeah. So yes, there are a lot. There are a lot of there are a lot of people at Sandals that smoke weed. There's a lot of people at Sandals that do a lot of stupid stuff. It doesn't mean I agree with it. it doesn't mean they're right. Um, you know, and I I just think you are you are better off not going through life faded. Yeah. Why change your life? If your life is so bad, change it. Okay. You know, I I I mean, I love my life. I. I, I love it. We didn't go to New Orleans to get drunk. Why would I want to do that? So we're walking by New Orleans and literally this guy's passed out vomiting, Mm-mm. right? We came nope. back an hour later, he's still there. I'm like, yeah. I mean, have you guys ever thrown up when you had the flu? Yes. Okay, when I throw up, I'm literally like making like bargains with God. Yes. Oh, yeah. God, if just, you just- If, you if just, there's any other way. If there's any other way. <laughs> like I'm like, literally me. take this. I, I'm, I'm like on the cross, like yeah. literally vomiting, 
feels like I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember the movie Alien when the thing comes out uh, of your chest. Yeah. It's like nope. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I think's happening inside me. I'm like literally, I'm gonna be the guy where my intestines come out of my nope, mouth. That's worst. how I'm gonna die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? And, and think about our language, bro. I went to I went to Vegas this weekend. I got so effed up. Okay, what if I said that about my car? My car is so... Would you no. ever assume that's good? Never. Not right. even a little bit. But you're talking about your body. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is your body. And that, and that's, and then people are like, oh my gosh, I got so wasted. I want to do it again next week. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I've never had the flu and been like, I can't wait till that happens <laughs> again. Because that's what it feels I'm like. Thinking, I'm yeah. never eating again. That's what yeah. I tell my kids whenever they have the flu. I'm like, this is just like being drunk. This is the end. Yeah. Just embrace the it. Worst. You're partying. You're partying right now. <laughs> Party of one at the bowl. Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh, man. And literally we would see people unconscious. Yeah, not worth, not even a little bit. Not worth and I'm it. like, you're in New Orleans. You're in the gutter. You're in the gut. Do you know what's in the... My wife threw away her flip-flops. Oh yeah. When we got back from New Orleans. You want to check that home with you. Somebody's face was in that. Yep. Having a good time. Partied <laughs> in New Orleans. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. Guys, listen. In any... Any person that smokes pot, weed, whatever you call it at Sandals Church, and you have not sat down with a pastor and explained why and got permission, I think you're in sin. You're in sin. And and don't go talk to your doctor about it. Your doctor is not your spiritual guide. Mm-hmm. Okay? Your doctor is trying to provide for your health. Your pastor is a spiritual guide. Make sure, right? We're all going to stand before God and be judged. And some of you guys wasted your entire life because you were stoned. Change your life. If life is unbearable, change it. Yeah. Change it. Don't numb it. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't numb it. Change your life. And Americans, we don't want to change anything. We want to take a pill. Change your life. Um, Jesus said, John 10, 10, right? The enemy has come to steal and destroy. Mm. What does sin do? It steals you of your humanity and it robs you of, your, of, of the divinity of God that's in you, the indwelling of God, the creation of God in you. Jesus came to help you experience real life and have yeah. it to the full. Mm. And um, so, you know, I, I love my life. I love my kids. I'm not into drugs. Um, and, and just so you guys know, if you don't know my story, you know, I was in the weed um, when I was probably like 19 and 20 years old and uh, smoked heavily. Uh, people probably thought I smoked a whole lot more than I did because I just looked like an yeah, idiot. Just um, a little bit of that. And I tell my kids this, nothing good ever happened around drugs mm-hmm. and, and, and drunks. Mm-hmm. Nothing good. Matter of fact, horrible. Th- I had a friend, uh, Scott, die at a party. And people don't really, he died of alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 18 years old, died. Yeah. Because he drank too much. So when you're throwing up, your body is literally trying to save itself. Mm-hmm. So it's got to get this alcohol out because you are poisoning yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. got to get it out. So... um I mean, that's like when you go to a restaurant and you get uh, food poisoning. The reason you're pooping yourself is your body is going, this, is, this has to get out now. Mm-hmm. So um, people need to know that. And, and I, I, had, I had friends who experienced hor- horrible things. And I have friends who lost decades of their lives to weed. Mm-hmm. Decades. I have friends who don't know who Bill Clinton was. Because they were stoned. They missed it. Missed they know what whole... Cheetos are. Always. <laughs> right? I'll not. Because that's yeah. healthy. Yep. Food coloring orange seventeen four B Q R three seven. Don't you come against the Cheetos? No. Have you read read the oh, ingredients no. on that? We don't man. read the backs of yeah. chip bags. We yeah. just we go for they, the we inside. We know what we're doing. Here, here's what I want to put on Cheetos. Just put cancer. Write the word cancer. Okay. You are consuming cancer. It's what's on the inside of the bag that counts. 
That's what I believe. Okay, you're never going to be on the show again. <laughs> yeah, well. Sometimes I think I do love food. Like I really do love, you said I can't love it earlier. But does food love you? Not like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you guys are so bad. <laughs> Listen. Food, yes. food did not die for you, but you will die for it. Oh, Ooh, okay. All right. Well, was he, that he got a little Johnny Depp hand with me on I that know, one, too. I, know. I thought that was a he good eye lo- mind He trick. locked in the eyes there. I, I the tractor beam really I fell did. on you. I believe in looking at people's faces when I talk to them. No, that's good. It's a good belief. It makes people uncomfortable. It does. We don't know what to do. We don't yeah. handle people it. People feel like you're staring into their soul. Mm. I am. And your soul needs some yeah, staring at. Yeah, we feel it. Okay. All right. Well. Anyway. All right. Well, guys, this is a great episode. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you, everybody who has been sending in questions. Please keep them coming. Anytime you want to send us a question to get here on the show, you can do that by finding us on Facebook at The Debrief Show. Click the send a message button. We'll get your question on the show. Or you can go to debrief.show. There's a big red uh, button on there that says uh, send us a question, and we will get your question on the show. You can also Mm. go to to debrief.show slash 64 to find the notes from this specific episode. I've been keeping notes. We've got a lot of great stuff to make sure that you guys have some great resources from this episode there on the show notes page. You can also follow us at The Debrief Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're on all of those. We're posting some of Pastor Matt's great quotes from the episode on there, some things you can share with your friends. You can share the episode uh, through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We want to get the episodes out there so that people can hear what we are talking about here. And if you want to support Sandals Church and The Debrief, we would love that. Your giving helps us do some really awesome things here on the show. So anytime you can text give debrief to 951-900-4120. That's a great way to give directly to the show and help us keep doing some really great stuff here. Mm. And as Pastor Matt's mentioned, we are starting a new series this weekend called Beyond Happy, where Ooh. we are walking through the book of Philippians, which means that here on the debrief, we're going to be walking through the book of Philippians as well. So if you want to read ahead, start asking us some questions, send in some questions after you hear the sermon this weekend, we would love that. And we'll be starting that next Tuesday here on the show. So we're pretty excited about so that. So excited. We sure are. And Pastor Matt, are you ready before we go to learn some Christianese? Ooh. Learning Christianese, I think I'm learning Christianese, I really think so. Learning Christianese, I think I'm learning Christianese, I really think so. All right, Pastor Matt, what do Christians mean when they say convicted? Whoa, convicted. Like, ooh, that really yeah, convicted. it means that you are internally challenged by what you're doing. So Ooh. God is challenging your behavior. So when I say I'm convicted, God is challenging me to change what I'm doing. He's actually challenging me that what I'm doing is wrong. So that's what it means. That's mm. what the word convicted means. So, and it's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. When you're convicted, it means God's speaking. Mm. And Ooh. if you haven't been convicted in a while, then you're not hearing God. Yikes.